It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever and Laura Pereno as we are jumping into October. I can't believe it, Laura. It's this crazy. Summer seems like a long time ago, but we are into the land of uh, changing leaves. Actually, in Tennessee, do you get many leaves that change? We do. They they haven't really started yet, but yes, we will get leaves that change. Okay. Okay. Well, we have already started seeing some leaves change up here, and I love fall. I am actually looking forward to the heat going away and getting <laughs> back into some light sweater weather, but it's exciting to start a new month. We have a a title for this month of Unmasked. Now, I know there's a lot of masks that are showing up in your grocery stores and Walmarts and uh, you know, as people are preparing for a Halloween, but unmasked is takes on a whole different uh, vibe. That's not a vibe. It's not a vibe, Laura. There's no vibe. There's a redo. <laughs> I just need to have a redo. <laughs> I love it. You should no hear when I'm, vibes. When I'm doing my videos and I mess up, I do the same thing. Like, and so I want to tell you, and then I'll go like, you don't want to know. You don't even care what I have to say because this is not even what I'm supposed to be saying. Like, I'll do that. Same exact thing that you did. That's very funny. Okay. I just needed one redo. You had to. Now I feel better. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Pereno. As we are jumping into October, it is hard to believe this year is flying by. Laura, I cannot believe it. We are heading into fall, and Laura, do you guys even have your leaves changed down there in Tennessee? We what? will have our leaves changed, and it's very beautiful. It's not quite happening yet, but it is very pretty. Okay, well, we've already started having our leaves start to change, and I have to be honest with you, I'm ready to put some sweater weather clothes back on. Every season, right? Every season is special in its own way, and I am thankful that we have them. And it's always fun to start a new month. We have a new theme called Unmasked this week. I don't know if you're seeing all the masks and the costumes coming out in the stores down there, but um, Costco seems like they are always six months ahead of whatever the next um, activity for kids, right? As soon as Halloween things get put away, we'll be seeing Christmas trees. But Yes, that's right. <laughs> but, but our uh, new series we're calling Unmasked is actually taking a closer look at uh, four groups of people in the word of God. Uh, they are our special guests this month. Our, yes, it, it was really right. hard to get them in person. So <laughs> we're taking a look at them in the scriptures and we're looking at how their true identities needed to be uncovered by the one who created them. You know, God had worked in their lives to reveal how he saw them and the potential that they had been created for, but had been masked for such a long time. And man, there's a lot of parallels that we're going to be working in our own lives through that, that same concept. But before we dig in, I just want to share with you a funny story, Laura, years and years ago, my husband had a work trip that took us to Venice, Italy. Nice. And, and I can tell you, I am not a fancy kind of girl, but there was an event like the final night was going to be this gala that we were we had to like have a tux and a fancy ball gown. And I'm like, where do you even go to buy something mm. like that? <laughs> so I put, and I was young and I, and I still, I'm still young, but I was younger and I put so much effort into picking out the outfit and, 
and the jewelry and how am I going to do my hair? So much <laughs> emphasis on actually looking like somebody that I'm not. Yes. Because like, I'm, yes. not, I'm not fancy. And only to be handed this cape and a mask when I walked into the gala because apparently it was a masquerade ball. Oh so, my goodness. So here's this simple girl yeah. trying to be fancy and and ending up looking like everybody else <laughs> with a with a mask and and a and a um a cape that you had to wear the whole night. Oh I my look goodness. I look at pictures from that night, Laura. I don't even I can't even see the dress. <laughs> I, I can't even remember what I That's was crazy. wearing That's because crazy. the pictures actually hid what I looked like. And that's the irony of it. What I looked like wasn't even really the real me. Wow. Wow. Well, Deb, that's a perfect segue right into our series uh, this month that you just introduced because, you know, there are so many people in God's word who have gone through maybe a situation in their lives that have led them to a place where they are masked, kind of what you were just saying, but there was so much more underneath of what we could see on the outside or what we see on the outside when we read these stories. Uh, and the unmasking that God is going to do in their lives really speaks to us in our places where we need to be set free. And so we are going to be looking at Mephibosheth this month. And I hope I say that right every time. It say is a tongue twister. <laughs> say it like five <laughs> times in a row. I don't know if I can do that. But we're going to look at Mephibosheth. And he is an individual in the Old Testament. And maybe you've heard the name before. Maybe you've read his story. Maybe you know his story real well. But he doesn't have many chapters dedicated to him in the Word of God. Uh, you don't hear a whole lot of sermons about him quite possibly because his name is a tongue twister, <laughs> but through his life, nobody really wants to go there, but through his life, uh, we're going to learn as we look at his story today, how easily it easy it is for us to allow the wounds of our past to hide our true identity, leaving us masked, right? And here we're going to see the story of a man in the Old Testament that is unmasked and he is able to step into the inheritance that the Heavenly Father had for him. And as we look at his story, we're going to be able to remove those masks that possibly we have been wearing so that we can step into the identity or the inheritance that our Heavenly Father has for us as well. Yeah. So Second Samuel, Laura, is where you're going to find the story. The very few chapters, right? Very, <laughs> it's right in Second Samuel. And let's learn a little bit more about this masked man. Maybe we should call him that. That's easier to yeah, say. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> the key characters that that you've heard of. That's kind of set some context of when this story takes place. David has recently been crowned king of Israel after King Saul. And if you remember, King Saul and his son, Jonathan, had recently been killed in a battle. Now, you make it, Jonathan, wasn't jo Jonathan and David were best friends, right? And that's true. That's true. Normally, the heir of the throne would come from the family line of the king. So King Saul would go to King Jonathan, but both of them were killed in battle. But now with Jonathan killed, the next in line would have been one of Jonathan's sons, but we know from, I mean, gosh, we've covered this on our podcast over the years that years before Samuel, the prophet had anointed David, the shepherd boy as the next King of Israel years before, because God gave special instruction for David to be the next King, but this is not falling in line with how uh, the succession to the throne should take place. 
Well, first, I just have to say, Deb, I love deep dive into the Bible study. So even just you telling that story and the history behind it just makes me so excited to be doing this today. Because in 2 Samuel 4, we see that there's going to be a change of power here, right? You just said Saul is going to be gone. David is going to come onto the throne. And we know uh, as we look at our world and as we look at the Old Testament, that when there were changes of power, there was unrest. And it certainly is the case in this story here. And without getting into all of the details in the story of the change of power, basically, if you were from the house of Saul, which is the king who is you know, no longer on the throne, and now David is going to come on the throne, if you were from Saul's house, then your life would be at risk. If you were a male in Saul's house especially, raiders would come in and kill all of the male relatives for the former king because they might be seen as a threat to the throne of David. And so it's in this setting that this little boy, uh, we find him, Mephibosheth, and he suffers an injury in the middle of all of this chaos, in the middle of all of this unrest. He suffers an injury that not only is going to damage his identity, but it's going to damage his future. When you say this, this little boy, Laura, he's five years old. Wow. So when then think about, just picture somebody in your life who's five years old. Wow. Wow. I mean, first of all, does that child look like a threat? Yeah, exactly. No. And it's like, who would go after a child that age? But in the midst of these raids, and they were very, very scary. We find, this is when we find Mephibosheth at age five in a panic, his nurse who's in charge of him. Because remember his father's gone. Right. We don't really hear anything about a mother. We hear yep. it's a nurse who's taking care of him. She grabs him in a panic because she's she says, I need to go protect this little boy. I need to find a place to hide him, to spare his life, because if they get wind that he's alive, he's done. And just mm. it really makes a difference. Like picture somebody who's five mm. that, you know, and and picture just how innocent and naive that age of a child would be. Mm -hmm. So in her hurting, the Bible says that she picked him up and, and in her panic, she dropped him. He fell. I mean, he, he just, he fell. And as yeah, a result, yeah. he became disabled. And, it, and there's a line that is describing Mephibosheth right here. He became lame in both feet. And Laura, as you read this portion of scripture, several times whenever you hear a description about Mephibosheth then it goes and he was lame in both feet wow it's almost wow. like it becomes his last name yes. it's a description yeah. to him wow. in that one moment his whole future changed dramatically he had been he had been living a secret life you know we can't let anybody know that you're here don't tell anybody who your dad was you know and then in one moment at no fault of his own, mm. he's dropped and he gets a new label, a new mm. identity, Mephibosheth. He's the one who's lame in both feet. Wow. Wow. Well, if you remember, Debbie, back when we were uh, at Back to the Building or Back to the Beginning in the month of August, that was our series. And we spent some time talking about the value and significance and our purpose that we have based on the one who created us. And I think that really uh, goes right in with what you're just saying, because one of the things we talked about is how we struggle when we allow others to define us or our past failures to define us, or when we take labels on ourselves that are not accurate 
as to who we really are. And that's really what we're seeing in this very sad story. These labels... They mask our true identity, and, and that's what's happening now. You just said he's going to be called lame in both feet every time he's referenced. He now has a label on him, and it's masking who he really is. You know, it's describing his situation, but it's not describing his identity. That's I mean, right. he was he was lame in both feet, but how would you like to always be described as your identity something that really is more a situation in life as opposed to yeah. who you really are. He was five. He was yeah. just five. And I'm not blaming this nurse. Right. You know that this woman was trying her best. Oh, yeah. But even in her best effort, she still dropped him. And, and so now this little boy whose father is gone, who's living in fear of being discovered, who has lost his identity as being prince jonathan's son now he's got a new name called lame in both mm, feet mm. Uh, you know from working with kids for so many years those early years those formative years years they lay down foundational understandings about who i am that that becomes can become this is not using a pun i'm not trying to be a pun i'm not trying to be punny about this but <laughs> it's it so impacts how it cripples your ability to be mm -hmm. able to relate to people as you get older mm. things that you were called you know when you were younger start to greatly impact your ability to relate to other people or to dream or to step into your purpose mm. because if you have this solid understanding that you don't have any purpose you don't have any uh, skill sets no you know like you don't have any talents you don't try you don't even know that you mm. can dream Mm -hmm. and, it, and he's just been living under this mask for so long, he doesn't even know it's a mask. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes me ask the question, um, thinking about his story, thinking that he was dropped and that dropping ended up giving him a new label. I mean, do we feel like we've been dropped, right? Do you feel like you've been dropped in a situation? Uh, there have been seasons or people in our lives maybe who have uh, dropped us in this story intentionally. You know, there's people who have perhaps uh, done harm to us or have been angry uh, toward us or vengeful or unforgiving, or they have used words against us that, man, makes us feel, let's put ourselves in his story, like we have been dropped, like we are lame in both feet, and man, we have just slapped a label on ourselves because of it. You know, sometimes the words, well, how many times? More than sometimes. Mm -hmm. Careless words that are spoken over our hearts, they stick. Sometimes people will, uh, you know, say hurtful things over our lives. You know, there's that thing you never want to say always and never when you're in a right. conversation with somebody. Right. You know, you always do that or you're always like that or you never do that or you never take care of this. How many times have those words been spoken over us that leave us feeling shamed, uh, we're discouraged? And have really left us feeling worthless or stupid or, you know, having no potential and no future. Those things are people speaking words, dropping us intentionally. And boy, it's quick to start wearing those labels uh, in those places where we find ourselves lame in both feet, where we find ourselves broken. And not everybody drops you intentionally. Sometimes I think it's unintentional. You know, there's a, there's a saying, or you've heard it, wounded people wound people or broken people break people. Sometimes 
the dropping is taking place out of somebody's own pain, their own dysfunction, but you took the brunt. Yeah. You know, you got hurt and, and they're not trying to, but when you have been hurt enough, wounded enough, you don't always realize how the words you're saying or the facial expression that's coming out is hurting somebody else because you've just gotten so used to being in a broken place yourself. Uh, and, and things are said, you know, you're unlovable, you're unwanted, you're useless, or you're ugly, you know, just harmful things like that. But when you get to know the person who said them, they're not vengeful, nasty people. It's just coming out of their own brokenness. I, I think of, um, let's just take a woman who is raising a family by herself. She's doing everything she can. She's working two or three jobs to make ends meet. And she's trying to be mom and she's trying to be dad. And she's trying to manage all of that because she loves those kids because she wants the best for the kids. But out of that pain of her own being dropped, there are frustrating moments, you know, and, and the tension rises up and words come out that she she's saying out of frustration she's not saying it to because i want to hurt somebody she's not vengeful she's just venting and 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 how many times have things been spoken that really it wasn't somebody trying to hurt you it's coming out of their own brokenness and you get stuck there that's right and you know what deb praise god we don't have to stay hidden away uh with with masks that hide our true identity when we're in places like that. If people have dropped us intentionally and if they have dropped us unintentionally, it really, the effect is the same, but we don't have to stay hidden, right? This This whole month is about unmasking, exposing the truth, being who we really are, who God created us to be. And regardless of what people have spoken over us, the only opinion that matters is the one who created us. And our heavenly father sees us right now. You know, the masks that we might be wearing, he sees what's underneath the masks that we might be wearing. And he knows everything about us. He knows about our past, our present, our future. He knows about the times that we've been hurt. He knows about the deep places of pain that we've experienced, the words that have been spoken over us. Nothing is hidden from him. Nothing is masked from the one who has created us. Mm -hmm. That is exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. And his desire is that we walk unmasked, that we walk in the truth of who we are because he is the one who created us. He wants us to live according to who he calls us not words that other people have used as they've dropped us intentionally or unintentionally along the way. Well, Lar, let's jump back into Mephibosheth's story. It doesn't end with his hiding away. You know, as much as he, you know, at this point he's growing up with this uh, MO of I need to stay under the radar. You know, that's what he's growing up with. And so at this point, when we pick up in 2 Samuel 9, verse 1, Mephibosheth's, you know, his mask is going to be pulled off. And the scary point, David asked this question of his staff. Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now we know David from studying him and we're like, well, that sounds like David. Mm -hmm. But if you were uh, on the fringe Mm -hmm. and you're hearing, oh, the king, just wants to know if there's somebody left from King Saul's house. Yep. What I mean, it's almost like um, 
uh, hurried saying, oh, tell us yes. where Jesus is so yes. that I can come worship him. Exactly. And then his next move is to kill all these children, right? I would just, I would be asking myself, yeah, really? Is that really the, but he asked a question and there's a servant who is from Saul's household says, yeah, there is still a son of Jonathan. And, and he goes, you know, but he's lame in both feet, mm. which means look, he's lame. You don't, he doesn't have the ability to mm. take over your throne, King David. He's no threat to you, but, but he says, look, I know where he is and he is living. And so David calls Mephibosheth to come to him. And when the King calls you, it's like, what did say? The jig's up, you know, That's like, right. I got I to go. That's right. Wow. And so can you imagine the fear that this evokes in Mephibosheth when he hears that he is being summoned to the king, knowing the history of what happens when you're summoned to the king and also Deb not knowing David, like you That's just right. said. He, yeah, he didn't know him. He hadn't read that book yet. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know that David was going to be kind to him because he was kind to his father. And oh my, but all of these years of hiding that Mephibosheth had been, had been through, um, years of being labeled the one who is lame in both feet, now most likely afraid, and he's been completely dependent on people for all of his life, and now he's being brought before the one who is the king, and he knows everybody else in the, the family, you know, all the, the male heirs, they're gone, and and you know your life could be on the line, you know, you're for being sure. called in front of the king, and the king honestly has every reason he would think to end your life and uh you know this all goes back to those masks like when we stay behind our masks for fear of being exposed we're afraid to be seen for who we really are and if you wear a mask long enough you can forget what you look like underneath it's kind of like me wearing that mask and the cape and forgetting right. the dress right. that I so painstakingly That's picked right. out. I still to this day have no idea what color it was. I love it. I love it. But can you, I mean, here's Mephibosheth. Now he's already borne that label. He knows he's not good enough. He knows he's the one who's been dropped. He knows all of these things and he's hiding behind this mask. And wow, he's being called out into the open and he is going to be exposed. And you can imagine the fear that comes into his heart. And so David calls his name, right? David says Mephibosheth. And humbly, Mephibosheth enters the palace before David and he bows down in his service. I don't know. I mean, clearly we weren't there, but I'm just picturing this whole thing playing out. This uh, humble, broken guy who has never felt good enough has always felt estranged from the king just because of who he was, whose family he was from. And now he's going to, he thinks this could be his end. And if anything, he's just going to get humiliated. And uh, and David just speaks to him in verse 7 and says, don't be afraid. You know, I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And honestly, this is my favorite part. And you will always eat at my table. Wow. That was not the, ex that was no. not the response no. he was expecting. No. But hearing that, hearing that, listen to his answer, Laura, because I think his words, even though he's hearing something incredibly mm. full of grace and kindness, he's having trouble receiving it mm. and accepting it because he 
still does not see himself mm. of any value because he is lame in both feet. Mabivashef in verse eight bows down and he says, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? That was his response, that you should notice a dead wow. dog wow. like me. Dead, it's worthless. It's Time has been passed. And a dog in the Old Testament, dogs were just, they're not like our dogs, right? Mm. These days, they were just running wild. They were a menace. They were like, people couldn't stand the way they were mm. getting into things. And so here is this son of a prince who could have been a potential mm. heir to a throne, who's hearing grace, who's hearing there's a spot for you yes. at my table, seeing himself as none other than just a worthless being, mm. a dead dog. And, and what happens when the Holy, when the Heavenly Father starts to speak truth over us, when you read scriptures or the Holy Spirit begins to stir in your spirit, his unconditional love for you, when he says that you have been accepted, that you belong, that I have a purpose and a, a perfect plan for your life, what is it that we resist mm. and we start pulling out our laundry list of labels of like, well, I'm lame in both feet. Like mm. these are all the masks that I've been wearing for years. I'm not good enough. I I'm I've been abused. I've been rejected. I've been abandoned. Somebody has polluted me. Look how somebody has dropped me. And mm. it makes it really hard to accept and receive and take on the grace that the father is so clearly saying belongs to us. Amazing. Just truly amazing. Well, I, I just love how this story ends, Debbie, because, you know, we just read in, in verses nine to 13 and we can just kind of recap, you know, what a picture of restoration. When the label was taken off, Mephibosheth had everything restored to him that had belonged to King Saul and his family. Everything was returned to him. Again, just think about the fact that he was expecting, this is not what he was expecting when he went to the throne. And yet not only did David speak kindly to him, he received everything that had belonged to him. The land was given back. He was given servants to work the land. What an inheritance. And then Mephibosheth, like we referenced earlier, he ate at David's table for the rest of his life. It was as if he was one of David's sons. It blows my mind. And he also had servants at his bidding. What a what a turnaround. When the mask was removed, what a turnaround ensued in this man's life. Uh, I'm going to read verse verse 13 because uh, this it, the ending struck struck me uh, unfortunately funny. It says, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. Think about it. He has to be close to the table. Mm -hmm. So he's always ate at the king's table. Listen to the last line. He was lame in both feet. I'm like, wow. seriously, do you need to bring it wow. up one more time? Right, right. I thought we took <laughs> off the labels. And right. here's the difference. He was lame in both mm -hmm. feet. There's a difference between a practical consequence of being dropped he could not stand on his own, right? His own two feet, but his identity had changed. Yep. His, was actually his identity went back to what was the original plan. Exactly, exactly. Right? The labels came off, but there was a practical side that he was lame in both feet. So this time when they're declaring that, what's the first thing they're saying? He ate at the king's table. Mm. And, and that, that right there defines your value. Amen. But the practical side was he was still living out some of the consequences mm. 
of somebody else's dropping of him. I, I think that's huge because I think so many times we think when we receive these labels that God places on us, right, that we are, are loved and valued and accepted, that it maybe I'm still not good at art, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I still struggle at math, mm-hmm. which those two things are true of me but I still have an inheritance from the father. I just happen to not be good at math or being mm-hmm. creative drawing. Um, it's, it's like he, he had an area that was a weakness and that didn't change, but his identity changed. And I think that's a big difference between who I am versus what I'm able to do. Absolutely. That's because he had been unmasked. That's right. You know, his true identity was revealed. And when we're unmasked, when our true identity is revealed, the truth is restored. And we can take this whole story about Mephibosheth. <laughs> and uh, it's just amazing because we there's so many things that we can take away from this. But I think just to wrap it up, as we're looking at the end of Mephibosheth's story and then looking at our story, when we return to the one who loves us the most, you know, when we return to the one who created us, the one who defined us, the one who gets to say who we are, right? Yeah. And the one who establishes our purposes. When we come back to him, then we discover that even the consequences of being dropped by somebody will not prevent us from being who he's called to be, called us to be. I'm sorry. I think that's such a a key point here. Regardless of the situation that's happened in your life, regardless of the places or the masks that we've worn in the past, when we come back to him, we find out that it really doesn't, not that it doesn't matter, we've walked them, they've they've strengthened us, different kind of things, all these, all these hard roads, but the hard roads don't keep us from doing what he's called us to be. And so really, as we as we wrap up today, you know, let's take a look at some of the masks uh, that we have lived behind. There's so many things that we've lived behind in the past. There have been labels that have been placed on us by someone has dropped us. And in order to get that mask off, there are some things that perhaps we need to do. You know, perhaps we need to forgive. Most likely we're going to need to forgive somebody along the way that has dropped us, that has spoken a word, that has put a mask on us. And we will need to run to the truth and know the truth, get into the word and find out how God views us. Because it's only in him that we discover who we really are and why we have purpose and significance. And what does it do? Deb, just like Mephibosheth, it brings us back to the king's table. You know, everything is restored. The broken places are restored and we find out that he has a place for us. He's had it all along. We have such a good God to end Mephibosheth's story in this season this way. And really that this is our story too. He's always waiting, has a place at the table. So I am, this is just week one on Unmasked, and I'm loving getting into the Bible here and seeing these stories of these individuals who are unmasked. Next week, we're going to look at Esther. Her story is a little bit different. She certainly did have an unmasking, but we're going to see in her story that there were lots of hidden things along the way that are going to be unmasked in the book of Esther. And I hope you'll join us because uh, I know there are a lot of, of takeaways from Esther's story that we can all really learn from as we uh, put these truths applied to our lives. So thanks for being here with us. We pray this was a blessing to you. You know, let's just rip off those masks that don't, don't define us. Let's just rip them off and run free as the women that God has created us to be. That's what I want to do. So thanks for being here uh, from Deb and myself. We just love you. We pray for you and we hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for being here. God bless you and have a great day. 
Thank you, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.